I couldn't go to school because we couldn't pay for the international student fee. My parents only had six months to like get a work visa so that me and my brother could go to school. So like for six months, that, that's why it was such a self-reflective time because there was nothing to do. Because I was so fascinated about the idea of music stores in Canada. Asked my mom to get me a like a drum practice pad and drum sticks. So I would just like just tap on it for like because <laughs> I had nothing to do. And then like it kind of became fun. The more I did it, I was like, okay, I f- somehow feel a little productive, <laughs> you know, unintentionally. Hi, and welcome to Vicarious, a podcast that dives into the creative minds of me, Karen White, and me, Alex Scott, and anyone else who will talk to us. And today, that person is Jamie Lee. Jamie is a game audio professional based in Vancouver, Canada. She is passionate about enriching the in-game world with her creative visions and detail-oriented sound designs. Jamie currently works at A Shell in the Pit as a sound designer. You can hear her latest work in Pacific Drive by Ironwood Studios. Previous to her game audio career, Jamie was working as a drummer, jazz musician, and music teacher for over a decade. Hi, Jamie. Hello. Hello. Yay. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm a little nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Nervous. Yeah. We also are still a little nervous. Yeah. We've been doing uh, about five, six episodes now. Yeah. Got six episodes under our belt under our belt but <laughs> even so you get a little bit nervous yeah and I think we were just talking about this before we started recording but talking to a friend we're all very close with Jamie Alex and I mm-hmm. um and uh, talking to a friend can almost be like more tricky because it's easy to forget that it's an actual we're recording, we're recording. <laughs> yeah, other is, people yeah. will listen this is on tape <laughs> <laughs> and by tape, I mean digitally recorded. Right. <laughs> uh, so, Jamie, we're going to start off with the creative thing that we did this week. I, I can start off. I feel like I'm always putting Karen <laughs> on the spot and sometimes even our guests. So I can start. The creative thing that I did this week was I worked on my bullet journal, mm. sort of begrudgingly. Yeah, you've been, <laughs> you've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I, I started a bullet journal at the beginning of the year and you know, in January, New Year, New Me <laughs> vibes, <laughs> right. I was thinking, yeah, I'll bullet journal. It'll be a great creative outlet. I will design the layout and the cover and I can add all these things that I want in. And now come, you know, end of May, I'm just like, oh, God damn it. I have to do another <laughs> spread. It <laughs> takes me so long. It's like, did I just do one? Yeah, pull out the ruler. It's just <laughs> hours of drawing all the rectangles. Color pins, yeah. And, yeah. Wow. <laughs> trying to figure out a cover design, but I, I have been working on it so that I can actually write down what I'm doing next month. <laughs> That's the thing. I like go to put something in my calendar like, oh, damn it. I don't have June written out yet. <laughs> I just need to remember this. Got to pause. So yeah. that was the creative thing that I was, uh, that I did sort of under duress. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I mean, I had a bullet journal and the same thing. It was like January. Awesome. February, still looking pretty good. March, a little more bare bones in my April. (laughs) Yeah, come to come to June and it's just no cover. It just says June and it's just numbers. Yeah, just like, yeah, it's like a notes app, you know, just on paper. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Karen, how about you? What was one creative thing you did this week? 
Well, I had a big creative weekend. I uh, recorded with my band, Earth Tones. Uh, I'm sure you know by now that that is the name of the band. (laughs) But we've been planning to record some new songs. Or in this case, we just recorded one song, but we've been planning to do it for a while. We recorded our last EP in 2019. So it's been like three and a half, almost four years, really long time. But you know, it's hard to one, like make new material to fund that new material. And then three, like work with everyone's schedules to make it happen. So we were supposed to do it in December, the day of that big snowstorm. Um, (laughs) But the recording studio is on a farm in Mission. So we decided to postpone (laughs) for fear of getting stranded out in Mission. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we did it this weekend. So we recorded on a farm uh, at someone's house. It's called Electric Maple Tree Studios. It's owned by this man, Roy McDonald, who is awesome. But our sound and engineer was actually uh someone named matt storm who's also very awesome he's got a lot of great music out jamie you know yeah (laughs) nodding nodding very knowingly Mm -hmm. so check matt out for sure but it was such a nice experience it was on a farm there were animals there were sheep there were chickens and ducks and (laughs) it was so cozy we stayed overnight and we got to just work on our song one song two days a lot of moving parts to the song so it was just really cool to be able to really focus on it and we were all there together just kind of you know in the same headspace right and uh yeah it was really it was really fun I can't wait it's still it'll be a while before the song's out I think (laughs) but but we're on our way at least nice that's exciting Yeah, yeah yeah super exciting I know you made very good headway on your knitting as well. The, the <laughs> yes. best that has been mentioned a couple, well, at least once before. I at know least. we mentioned it in Korea's episode. We talked right. about the vest. Yes, but the, the vest. vest is almost is almost done. Almost done. I think it'll be done. I'm I'm aiming for the end of this week. So. Oh wow! wow. So, so yeah. soon. It will be, uh, you know, we'll, listeners will will show you the final product, and you know that this it, will be yeah. done at least by the end of the season. So Definitely. if you, you'll see it in the next few weeks on on the on the Instagram, and if you don't follow us on Instagram, please do. The Instagram handle is vicarious dot pod <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram dot com. But you can yeah. <laughs> you can scroll down either way if, if we got it wrong. Just scroll down to the show notes, and it'll be there. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, check the. Show <laughs> notes check check us out for any uh, behind the scenes footage of of us and our guests of the cats helping us mm-hmm. <laughs> set up or tear down yeah the podcasts uh, the podcasts yeah yes. well, that's nice <laughs> and and karen's vest my very exciting vest i hope it is good enough to show off maybe oh, I'll, maybe i'll nice. even show off my june cover page for my bullet journal yes <laughs> please do <laughs> maybe some of the other pages as well yeah right may was better than june okay. to be honest june's a little bit lazy how about you jamie what was one creative thing you did this week so i have been thinking about this um a lot and it's kind of hard to come up with mm-hmm. something because my work is creative right i mm-hmm. i am creating assets every day and it's always just like you know creating something for work and i'm pretty sure that i do also other creative stuff in my day-to-day life oh, but sure i don't do. really like recognize it right <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the, I think last week I wrote an article for Will's Rhythm Changes oh. website. I don't know if I can disclose this information yet, but probably can. Okay, we'll bleep it out yeah. or uh, cut it out. <laughs> I wrote an article. Beep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, that was like a new thing that I tried ever. I... You guys probably know this about me. I hate writing. Um, I I actually like writing in Korean, but still to this day, writing in English is such a like mental struggle for me. There's like some kind of mental block for me. And uh, sometimes like there's one thing that it's, this is total tangent, but like when I was still teaching drums, there was one kid that I remember, the kid was struggling, right? Just can't get something, like this one thing. And I'm just keep encouraging, like, you can do it. You got this. Isn't it fun? Like, I'm kind of like forcing the fun idea. <laughs> yeah, is it, right? Fun. And then like, eventually the kid was like, I don't like doing that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like really, you know, like stuck with you. Yeah, it was very profound <laughs> <laughs> like, from a 10 year old, you know, kid. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of stuck with me. And I think writing is kind of gives me similar feelings for mm-hmm. me. Like, I don't think I'm good at writing in English in particular. So I, I just like try to avoid it as much as possible. But then mm-hmm. I I overcame my fear. That's awesome. And, yeah, I did it. And I'm quite proud of what I produced. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. What was the article about? Or it was can you say <laughs> yeah it was it was about basically my journey with no music as a musician mm-hmm. so far so i started taking a break from music at the start of 2023 this mm-hmm. year and i made a commitment to like keep that break for a year or so the title of it's kind of like halfway report in okay. my break your progress report yeah so progress far. report yeah halfway cool. and you know just like checking in like what kind of things i did why i decided to take a break and you know how it's going and stuff amazing so we ask every guest did you consider yourself a creative kid And that's kind of where we're going to start off with. But just to give a little bit of backstory, you were born and mostly raised in Korea. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How old were you? Until 15. Yeah. 15. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think like that that actually doesn't really pertain to the question, have you always considered yourself a creative (laughs) kid? But let's start there anyway. Have you always considered yourself creative? I think uh, it's okay. So again, I I didn't know I was going to you know dive into like i'm bilingual <laughs> i'm like i'm korean canadian or whatever like that identity part of it yeah. this much but like if you say oh uh, like you know this person is a creative person or i'm a creative person like if you say that in korean it sounds a little weird because oh, like can you go into why yeah i feel like creativity in korean the structure of the word is like creative and then power So the power comes after the creative. So it's it's kind of considered as this like kind of creative power, creative force that, Mm. you know, so like it's kind of weird to say, oh, that person has like creative Mm. force to them or whatever. I mean, like Mm. not in English still. So you you don't really describe someone as creative. It's more of a state of. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that people like want to work towards too you know to have like or or, like to enforce you know um Mm. to that you know that creative power but it's not really like a descriptive word i don't i don't think Mm -hmm. not like if you're saying someone's kind or someone's yeah funny yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. but i always consider myself 
as a curious person、mm. rather than creative. So just like trying on different stuff all the time, and like that actually stimulates my brain and like gives me like happy feelings if I'm trying something new. And then you know eventually those kind of things become my hobbies, or you know I learn that I don't like that, so I <laughs> do it again. You know, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how you learn. Yeah. yeah.、Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that curiosity existed within you? From when you were born, when you were little, or is that something that your family or your parents fostered, or is it both? I think it's both for sure.、Um, I was such an anxious kid,、um, oh. <laughs> although I didn't realize that I was an anxious kid until like really recently. Oh, really? Yeah, because、yeah, like I would. <laughs> it's so. This is so funny and kind of <laughs> silly. My grandma, she has this like habit of making this like. That sound,、mm, okay, <laughs> and Koreans make that sound when something is going wrong, or like、mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like disciplining kids or something.、Mm. Like, don't do that. Like that's what I thing, right. What I do to my cats. Oh yeah, there you go. It's not <laughs>、yeah. quite hiss, but then it's more inhaling. Right. Yeah. 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 And whenever my grandma would make that noise, my heart would just drop,、mm. and then you know, and I would be so anxious to like. Go to new places, or I don't know, doing like everything, basically. And I did. I just didn't know that was a symptom of anxiety until、yeah. very recently.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think even just our acknowledgement of anxiety has changed so much over the last、mm-hmm. five, ten years. Same thing. Like I had no concept of anxiety, and now when I look back on childhood and my adolescence, just just understanding the the situations and the scenarios in which I was anxious, but、mm-hmm. I just I didn't have the language for it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I feel like the way that we understand mental health and depression, anxiety, etc., etc., has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas before yeah, it was、totally. just like, oh, you're a shy kid, or you're、yeah. you're、mm-hmm. you're a worrier, or you know, yeah, it wasn't yeah. really categorized、mm-hmm. as anxiety. Yeah. yeah, the understanding like, and also the vocabulary, right?、Mm-hmm. We now like are able to convey those feelings so much more specifically. I think.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I know all the tummy aches、yes. aren't from my, you know, <laughs> <Yes> . it was <laughs> from my anxiety probably.、Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, to answer your question, I think it's definitely both. I think curiosity. Is something that someone is born with, maybe, but then it can be also like very, very fostered and encouraged、mm-hmm. to have. And like my parents and like my teachers back in the day, you know, in Korea as well, like there, there was like this huge emphasis on like keep your heart open and like be curious. Curiosity is amazing. You know, it's、mm. it's gonna get you far, like that kind of stuff. So. I was like, okay, I guess like I want to be curious because it's a good thing. That's so, awesome.、Yeah. That's really、hmm. good too. That obviously that your parents encouraged it, but that you were also being encouraged in school、mm-hmm. that it wasn't seen as like,、uh, you know, if you're asking questions or maybe like distracted or something like that. I'm not to say that that's always how curiosity manifests, but just as easy. As it is to encourage someone, it can also be just as easy to kind of tamp someone down. Yeah. <laughs> But,、mm-hmm. So、yeah. it's good that you're you're able to foster that trait that was already present for you.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think curiosity is such an important part of creativity, right? You kind of need one. I don't know if totally, yeah. You know, they are necessary for each other. They can go hand in hand as well.、Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they are necessary for each other. I think they. I think that curiosity definitely has to be 
part of the creative process, right? Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. so much a part of imagination, mm-hmm. of wanting to do something. You have yeah, to be yeah. curious about it. Yeah, or yeah. You interested have to want to, yeah. yeah, want to try, want to explore. And just to get a little bit of your backstory. So where did you grow up in Korea? I grew, I, like I moved to many, many different cities. Okay. Um, but I was born in Seoul and like I mainly like um, stayed in that area, um, Seoul. And then like there is a province that's surrounding Seoul. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, um, those cities in that province. And so did you start drumming or start music pretty young while you're while you're in Korea? I started pretty young, but it wasn't like it wasn't intended to be, you know, a job or something, you know, it was uh, so like I started playing drums at church and the pastor at the church he was very very passionate about fostering like musical talents for kiddos yeah it, that's kind of how I got into it and every week I would play at the church and I did that for maybe like three years or so I think I started maybe at high I always forget the exact number but elementary school Mm. Say, you okay know. so yeah pretty young yeah. and were you always interested in drums i was always interested in music because mm. my dad would play a guitar and then sing a lot that's like something that he picked up at the army oh, like okay. every korean man <laughs> oh, i didn't know yeah. that was like a common thing for it is a very common thing yeah. surprisingly because oh, like there's nothing for you to, to do, do yeah. right mm. other than like doing physical stuff there so yeah you just like sit in your little I don't even know what it's called. The barracks? Like cohort, or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The army barracks. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then you just like kind of pick up new skills. And one of them for my dad was playing guitar. Mm. Um, so, and like I, whenever my dad sang, I thought like it was the most beautiful Aww. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> And then I would ask my dad to teach me guitar and stuff, but he never did, unfortunately. <laughs> why, not? why not? I don't know. I'm still, I'm still feeling, you know, why didn't you do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad, they love music as well. Mm-hmm. And Korean people in general, they love music. Mm-hmm. When you like watch Korean TV, there's like, a ton of audition programs. Oh. I mean, like, I guess, like, similar to America. I, and K-pop is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in K-drama as well, the music is so important. Oh, like, all okay. the celebrities, you know, kind of do this, like, OST stuff for big shot K-dramas. And, mm. yeah, it just Korean people love music in general. And so, you know, I was interested in it. But I, it was more like, honestly, <laughs> this might sound a little vain, but... <laughs> I was good at drumming. Yeah. <laughs> I was <Cool>. good. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, like going back to my student. Right. Uh, yeah. I just liked doing what I was good at. Yeah. And people told me I was good at it. And, you know, that kind of boosted my self-confidence. Yeah. And it feels good to be good at something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. Sometimes, you know, I wonder about some of my skills or even like singing you know was that something that I really found or is that just something people told me I was good at enough that I was like I like this yeah <laughs> like the I like this positive right? reinforcement yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. I think yeah. drumming was very much that for me uh, obviously I really liked the, the like when you are playing you when you're be- behind a drum kit like you feel the vibration you feel mm-hmm. the rumbles and like 
that kind of excites me you know like mm-hmm. physically it like shakes your body mm-hmm. oftentimes and i really really liked that feeling as well it's powerful you know yeah mm-hmm. and the thing about drumming is you're literally engaging every part of your body mm-hmm. both of your both of your arms both of your legs yeah. your feet your hands your brain obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much going on you have to be so present mm-hmm. to be able i mean it, I, I guess that's true for basically any instrument but drumming in particular like you have to be so present yes <laughs> that's it that's, that's it. it yeah, yeah. Yes. i think for every instrument but yeah drumming is very engaging mm-hmm. yeah both physically and mentally yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you're just like always in motion like you're mm-hmm. you're always moving and something that i think again like all instruments of course but drumming and singing there's something so like I'm I'm hesitating to say the word primal because that it doesn't, <laughs> it, doesn't it doesn't quite, quite fit. Uh, well, it, it it definitely fits, but I don't know if that's like a super appropriate word to use there. But evolutionarily, drumming and singing were our first forms yep. of music, mm-hmm. so it feels so connected to humanity to to, to evolution. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think there's something really that that driving force mm-hmm. um, is just it's like kind of incomprehensible how how far back the act of drumming and singing goes for Mm -hmm. for humans yeah and for our expression and our experience of life so Mm -hmm. um that's all (laughs) i don't know where i was going with that yeah you're so right i think it it engages right our senses and yeah it just taps into something very Mm -hmm. inherent in us i think Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's very interesting that in virtually every culture that exists in you know on earth they all have their own like percussion instruments or like like singing or you know mm-hmm. yeah even and more so than other instruments exactly like drum, drums were kind yeah. of the first the relation to heartbeat mm-hmm. and drumming yeah it you, really yeah. is integral to yeah mm-hmm, totally yeah you can find any type of percussion instrument and like you know a song um, in any culture and i think it's kind of it's a reflection of how humans are designed to mm-hmm. react you know like is like you said alex we have this primitive connection to those vibrations <laughs> totally and yeah. it's an organizing it's a function of organizing right because it's so connected to dance yeah. and storytelling mm-hmm. and so it's part of that cohesion of community like drumming mm-hmm. is like part of what keeps people together yeah back i mean still now still still now still now it's really hard to hear uh well i guess we're we're a little bit inundated with music but when you hear a good beat like it's almost impossible not to move exactly Mm -hmm. yeah you have to like i I mean for me personally and maybe we're obviously we're biased because we're musicians but (laughs) to not move your body to not bop along to not like move your hips a little bit or move your tap your feet it's so hard yeah yeah. even the most stoic people yeah (laughs) i think yeah when i'm teaching one of the hardest things for students to get is rhythm. I'm sure you experience that, Jamie, a lot with <laughs> that's like all your Sometimes. all your focusing yeah. on with your students. But if I, you know, play a metronome for them, it's really hard for them to sync up to it. But if I play a drum beat, it's amazing like how much 
more integrated like their playing mm-hmm. becomes you know they really feel it because we feel that beat and like similarly if I play them a song mm-hmm. and I ask them like where's the beat of the song they can always find it right and it's just something yeah it's very it's very inherent mm-hmm. it's not yeah taught it's mm-hmm. just it's just there cool yeah that that was a little bit of a tangent <laughs> yeah, I know. But, yeah. uh, drumming's great I, I drumming's it. question I and i'll talk for 20 yeah. minutes <laughs> listen oh, drumming's great and all but let's go back to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you said that you were in korea until you were about 15 and then you moved right to vancouver mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well i moved to surrey to be exact right mm-hmm. right and right. i lived there for a long time but yeah vancouver mm-hmm. area so you were in grade 10 or did you go into grade 10 or? It was like, it was a little complicated because I had to take ESL classes and I was technically, I was like admitted as grade nine. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Or I don't know. Okay. No, I was checks out. Yeah. But right? then I had to <laughs> do like ESL classes. Mm-hmm. And then, so that kind of like pushed my graduation a little bit you know, later. later, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, okay. grade nine, grade 10, kind of like awkward, Um, you know, Which is a time. hard time for anyone, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm sure much harder if you don't speak the language culturally, very different. What mm-hmm. was that? What was that like? Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it was bad times. Um, also, like, it was kind of wild times for me because... Okay, it, it started off as a very self-reflective time, I would mm. say. If I have to put a positive spin on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which you don't good. have to, but yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Free yeah. To. I, <laughs> I think it's good habit yeah. to like try to find yeah. something yeah, brighter. <laughs> <laughs> when I first came here, like my family, I was never like well off. You know, my family was never well off. And like, you know, but when we came here, it was kind of like our last shot. Well, mm. my for my parents, at least, yeah, right? so, so what was the reason you came here? It was kind of, I don't know, to be a little bit vague, it was to like have a better life, mm-hmm. basically, right? And like in Korea, my parents probably felt there was very like limited opportunities for them to pursue. Mm-hmm. And when they moved here, they were, I mean, they were like early 40s. Wow. So it was kind of like, you know, at the time... I don't know, maybe uh, maybe they felt a little bit cornered in mm-hmm. Korea. I think mm-hmm. that's what it was. So they just like made a huge decision and moved the whole family to like somewhere they have never been to. And do you know why they chose Canada? Well, Canada is known for better immigration and like mm-hmm. quote unquote better country compared to the United States. Which are usually the, the two options. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I mean. mm-hmm. And we uh my dad has a very distant cousin in montreal so we actually were supposed to go to montreal when we first got here so like vancouver was like a layover city Mm. right so we actually had another plane to catch to go to montreal but then (laughs) just never got on you guys yeah we we never did we never (laughs) did (laughs) yeah it was kind of wild they're like actually you know what that we're good here yeah Yeah. because like the flight was so long and like (laughs) everyone everyone was so tired and stressed and yeah my parents were just like oh no this this." (laughs) yeah that's wild. You were it this is wild. close to I know, right? growing up or, well, to, you know, finishing your adolescence and, yeah. and mm-hmm. living in Montreal. Oh, my yeah. goodness. It's, it's a wild story. Like, mm. I, whenever I think about that, I'm like, 
these my folks are crazy (laughs) (laughs) they're insane yeah i'm well they have to be pretty brave and you know Mm -hmm. um to to make that big of a change and to do it with two kids and having no connections yeah Mm -hmm. i mean and you know, call it insane. I mean, that's a little crazy, but in the best way, I think like that's so brave yeah. and bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want to get back to what you said about a self-reflective time, but just uh, in going off of what you're saying, Karen, in terms of the boldness of the move, did your parents also not speak English? Yeah, no, they they still don't really speak English. Okay, so the reason why it was self-reflective time was because we moved here with not a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So my parents had to work from like as dishwashers Mm -hmm. that they've never done before. And like, you know, my dad actually still works in like that restaurant business. Um, He's doing much better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they owned a restaurant Mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah, and then then now he's kind of like running um, other restaurants for other people. We are definitely in a better place. Sorry, Um, and what were their jobs in Korea? So my dad ran his own business. It was like a power tool thing. And I think he had some like patents. He designed some like unique power tools. And yeah, he ran the business, but you know, it didn't go well. There were some like major like economic, you know, Mm, crisis mm -hmm. in Korea and like everything just like fell down there. Yeah. And then after that, it was kind of hard to bring himself back on. And my mom was a stay home mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, both of my parents had to like go to work and like back in the day, they would get paid like $8 per hour. Mm, And yeah, it's just like constantly working, working, working. And um, so my me and my brother, younger brother, we would just like stay home and like literally have nothing to do. And that time that this was like 2008. Canada had sucky internet. <laughs> it was so bad. Literally. Well, yeah, I think that was like YouTube. The year after YouTube became a thing. Really? Or two, two years, maybe? 2006? Yeah. I don't know. It was just kind of starting to... Mm-hmm. Things were starting to happen. Yeah. But, and yeah. like it would take me like at least five minutes to load a simple like website, <laughs> web page. And it would drive me crazy. But like that was o- the only thing I had, you know, like my mm-hmm. brother and I. So like we would... So like there was not a lot of things to do. Oh, and, distraction. <laughs> yeah. And like when we came here, I couldn't go to school because... Mm we were so poor. We couldn't pay for the international student fee. So we were actually visitors. How should I say? It? Like we were like in uh, visitor status, you know, right. like mm-hmm. when you go to like states and stuff, like they give you like six months of like visitor, you know, visa basically. Mm-hmm. So we were on that for six months. So like my parents only had six month time period to like get a work visa so that we can stay here for longer. And so that like my, me and my brother could go to school right mm. so like for six months that that's why it was such a self-reflective time mm-hmm. because there was nothing to do literally nothing wow. except my mom i like asked my mom because i was f- so fascinated about the idea of music stores in canada mm-hmm. and i love i love still to this day i love music stores oh yeah so like <laughs> i would like Asked my mom to get me a like a drum practice pad and drum sticks, oh. so I would just like just tap on it for like um, that time. I because I had nothing to do, and then like it kind of became fun. The more I did it, I was like, okay, it, 
it makes me pass time, but I f- somehow feel a little productive. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you were getting a lot of practicing in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're putting in those 10,000 hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unintentionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were out of school for quite a while. And then when you started school, you didn't speak English. So you had to do oh. ESL. Mm-hmm. And ESL. you're in high school mm-hmm. in Canada. What was the culture shock situation for you? Everything. Everything mm-hmm. was a culture shock for me. I think mostly, <laughs> full disclosure, I actually was like all A student in Korea. Mm-hmm. And like my English grades were like through the roof. I was very good. Mm-hmm. But then when I came here, my ESL teacher would like speak to me. And I just literally wouldn't understand a single word. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I it, Well, because like, I think you know, the English that Korean schools teach are very much focused on, like, the grammar side of it or, like, writing side of it. And, like, oftentimes they don't even make sense, but then it's kind of um, designed to test people. Right. Yeah, like, standardized, Mm. like, test kind of thing. So, like, you are, like, trying to find the right word in, like, this, like, massive, Mm -hmm. you know, weird-ass sentence. Right. Very removed from an actual conversation. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's like when kids, oh, I think this is what you were going to say. Yeah, French class. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like someone who, like, grew up doing one French class you know, throughout elementary mm-hmm. school and then they go to Quebec or they go to France and it's just like it does not way over your head. Yeah. And yeah. even for me, like I, I grew up bilingual in French and like, but even, even when I went to France, I was, I was struggling as someone who was speaking French every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's so hard to converse, right? Your, your brain has to do so much at once. So mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, if you don't have that language right like i can read the back of a shampoo bottle now <laughs> yeah, and, nice. and figure it out but like yeah. there's no way i could actually talk to someone and have the capacity to understand what they're saying the words and just in their specific tone or cadence speed, right like the yeah tempo. the speed yeah. and then think of a reply like let the alone vocabulary right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah. So that makes sense that it was yeah. not not an easy transition. Yeah, it wasn't an easy transition. And mm. like also on top of that, I was going through like major identity crisis because mm. by that time I was realizing that I am a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And it was very frowned upon in Korea. And it, mm-hmm. it is still to this day, I think, not as much. Um, obviously, it's like, you know, progressing yeah. into a better place. Where, but yeah. still back in the day, I, and, and I told you I was like a church-going person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. God, you know. Or yeah, whatever. very Christian girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good Christian yeah, girl. Yeah, and then I was like, I and again, I didn't know this at the time, but I, I am an anxious person. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. really didn't want to stand out. Yeah. You know, in the and I am already standing out, right? Yeah, As an like yeah. Asian kid. Not speaking the language. Not, yeah, not speaking the language. And like, I really liked boy clothes or whatever. And right. then like, like people would always say like, is there a boy or girl or whatever? Mm. That's like, exactly what Korea said. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, I listened to Korea's episode. Uh-huh. Korea <laughs> loves that. I, I mean, like they, to- they said like they loved whenever people did that. Mm. I hated it. Mm. It was so hurtful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so like I, I really didn't want to stand out. And, you know, to me, like, accepting the fact that I am attracted to women is, like, the ultimate standout. Like, I am going to be this, like, rock oh, that's poking yeah. out or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, 
sticking out like a sore, sore thumb. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Were so, you also worried about coming out to your family? Yeah, f- for sure. I didn't come out to my family until I met my current partner, Lucy, mm. which was four years ago. Oh, wow. Right. And much, lo- much like 10, 10 years later. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 years later. Yeah, yeah, really. So, yeah, that was a big concern. And so, on top of all that, you know, all the like uh, struggles that I had um, as an immigrant kid. Now I am an immigrant kid who's a queer who has very strong internalized homophobia. Oh, <laughs> so it was like really tough times. No oh, yeah. doubt. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have many friends. I was very closed off. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want any friends, you know, like, don't talk to me. Like, were I'm going to bite you or whatever. Were there other stuff. Korean kids yeah. at your school yeah. that you were able to at least, like, speak with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thankfully, there were quite a bit of Korean kids. And they were really nice people, actually. Nice. Um, so they were kind of like my anchor, but more so like the church that I was going to um, in Vancouver, that well in Surrey and that was that was my community then mm-hmm. that that was the place that I felt like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and then anywhere else was like I hate this wow yeah how did you feel about the the move to Canada at the time do you remember what that was like for you I hated it yeah I hated it so much and it it felt very forced to me because I thought I was having the best life in Korea. <laughs> you know, I was getting good grades. I had so many friends mm. and I was like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, looking back, it wasn't the case, obviously. And I, I am very appreciative of my parents' decision to come here, you know, because I'm I'm living a happy life right now that I don't think I would have had um, in Korea. But back in the day, I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. why do I have to deal with this? Mm. Yeah, so I really didn't like it. No doubt. I mean, that's it's just that's so many challenges all at once. At such a challenging age, mm-hmm. when you're being 15 on its own is hard enough. <laughs> let alone <laughs> totally. all of the things that were thrown at you, and that you, it is really remarkable. And I'm sure it would be totally impossible to imagine who you would be as a person having not gone through that. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure it had such like intense ripples on your life, even besides all of the personal turmoil and personal realizations just the practice pad alone (laughs) probably (laughs) made a huge difference in like what you decided to Mm -hmm. pursue which was music and that's how we all met Mm -hmm. was at at, was at jazz school and we we've mentioned this in so many of the episodes (laughs) we're trying to we're trying to to diversify like the the types of topics and conversations but i know for you you had so obviously you you finished high school in Surrey and you were still like you went from not speaking English really essentially at all. Like obviously you knew some from from living in Korea, but and then going through ESL, going through high school, even when you came into CAP, I remember that obviously you spoke English, but I do remember both you and Elia uh, <laughs> having some ESL moments. Elia's our, 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 our lovely French, French friend. French friend. <laughs> French yeah. friend. And so we would have some, some, how do you say this in English moments? Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about the transition from going to your Canadian high school to where there were like, you know, some Korean students to our um, music program at CAP, which is in North Van, <laughs> you know, not, not a whole lot yeah. of, of like diversity in, in the, I mean, there, there is, but, but I'm sure it's, it, it was probably a little bit jarring to be 
in another new environment. Can you go into that a little bit? Was that or or, or was it totally fine? It was an interesting transition for sure, but it didn't come out of nothing. There was a Korean person who went to my high school. Her name is Grace Kim. Mm. You might know her, mm. Hyun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So she was she is a year older than me and she actually went to cap Mm -hmm. so when i finished high school i was like i guess i have to go to university because that's what (laughs) everyone does and so you weren't set on no no not at all not at all and i was like but i didn't like the idea of studying something in english all over again like that was my biggest like one of the biggest struggles at school as well right it wasn't just about you know, um, conversing with people. It was about learning the whole thing in a whole new language. Mm. And it was such a struggle for me and like kind of like a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I guess I have to go to a university, but I really don't want to do anything like academic in English. And I guess I know how to play drums, so (laughs) I'll try it. (laughs) And then luckily for me, Hian was still, uh, uh, well, Hian went to CAP, so I was like, how's that? And Hyun was like, it's, it's pretty great. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll try funny. it. So like she helped me with a lot of stuff. And like she's the one who gave me the confidence to like try it out. Right. Mm. And it's not bad there, you know, just try it out. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. But I didn't know anything about jazz. Right. Like zero. Mm. I think I think you probably like <laughs> empathize with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you yeah. trying to say, Jamie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. As yes. as previously mentioned, yes. yeah, Karen and I were part of the non-jazz kids cohort. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I took a year off um after mm-hmm. high school to like prep for the school, but I didn't addition to any other schools because again i was so poor and i just couldn't really like afford to live in a different city or like yeah Mm. right and so i applied to just cap Mm -hmm. and i remember this is kind of funny story so i was so nervous for the audition i was like shaking i was like freaking out Mm -hmm. and my dad drove me to to school and like there's this amazing korean restaurant in um north van called naman sansong and so my dad took me there for lunch, like before the audition. And I was so nervous. I was shaking. So my dad ordered some booze. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little bit tipsy at my audition. <laughs> That's so funny. That's amazing. So and then I felt so terrible after and I, I did everything I could. And, you know, but then I just like as I don't know, as a proper artist mind or whatever. <laughs> like, I was very <laughs> self-critical. Mm-hmm. And I felt like shit afterwards. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to get in. I'm screwed. I am, oh, like, my life is over. And then uh, a few days later, I got the letter of acceptance. I was like, what? It's crazy. <laughs> and then, so I was really excited because I was still, you know, I, I, I still loved music a lot and like mm-hmm. actually back in the day korean indie scene had this like very cool appeal to them it was kind of um i guess like it does still here too but like you know the indie musicians who are like 
kind of starving, kind of miserable, mm-hmm. but they're like making music and like having a great life mm-hmm. with music, even Very though it's not really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, bohemian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. So that was kind of my like end goal per se, but to be a starving artist, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the end goal, <laughs> and I achieved it. <laughs> and I did it really well. We did it. <laughs> that's how you dream. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Manifest it. So, Jamie, can we just uh, backtrack really quickly? We covered practicing on your practice pad well before you were going into school and then you also mentioned church that you, yeah. you guys were going into church or you were going to church in Surrey and so is that where you picked up drumming again when you were in Canada yeah totally yeah I that's that's how I got to a point I was like I I think I'm good at drumming you know still so I think I'm gonna try it mm-hmm. and that yeah my practicing and well practicing ground i guess um you know like mm-hmm. the place that i practiced the most it was at church right playing every week and that gave me confidence too i guess yeah mm-hmm. and so throughout school you did start teaching is that right mm-hmm. like, like when you were still in school as well yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. well it, it was because i had to make money yeah, i like yeah i was living off of student loan mm-hmm. and there was not much money that I could spend. And like there were some days I would go down to Superstore, which is like uh, right at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah for, my for our listeners yeah. who didn't go to Capilano <laughs> University in North Vancouver on Purcell Way, um, there is a Superstore just down the hill. It's like a five minute walk from the university. Yeah, and Continue. like they always, <laughs> they always have this like massive loaf of bread that was one dollar mm. but it wasn't like it, it was like basically 80 percent air and 20 yes, percent some kind of yeah i know that loaf right yeah. so i would buy it and like kind of live off of that for like a week or something oh, wow. like put it in my locker and like i'm starving but i can't afford tim hortons which yeah. is like still you know considered like cheap food or something so i would kind of like pick at it and then shove it in my mouth and then go back to the practice room and stuff yeah dark times but i really no i really love i really appreciate the experience i have there because you asked me about like how was the transition from like high school to you know being in that very like small program Mm -hmm. at university and it 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 changed my life Hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting Oh, sorry I'm, I'm getting ahead of no, It's really uh, interesting to hear you talk about your high school experience because I like we met like I think day one we were in the same that same non-jazz school cohort <laughs> and I, I never like I never knew any of these things mm-hmm. from you or even just yeah that kind of closed offness that you talk about or the anxiety mm-hmm. um you always seemed so outgoing and so passionate about music and yeah. and it was really yeah I, I always thought you were such a such an inspiring person in school because you were so focused it seemed but also yeah which is really gregarious and as I've gotten to know you like over the years you've really come into yourself but I think there's always like a sense of of you knowing who you are and like being being yourself and maybe just exploring that um, as you went but I never got the sense that yeah that you were having these these struggles so that's really 
Yeah, I don't, it's, yeah. It's it, really, it's, and I think that's the beautiful thing about having these conversations is we're learning so much about people that we've already spent so yeah. much time with. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Yeah, giving everyone the space to like really dive into themselves. And, you know, yeah, even just the question of creativity, like when, so obviously, you know that this podcast is about creativity. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and I've always thought like you would have considered yourself creative through and through. I think that's really important to you to create and to mm-hmm. be creative. So when you said like in Korea, that wasn't really a an attribute that you'd give to someone, right? So when did that, when did that change? Or I mean, have you like accepted, <laughs> have you accepted creativity <laughs> into your life? <laughs> or yes, identifying or with identify, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, into yeah. your identity. Yeah, very much so. I, I like recently again, you know, made up, I got a huge realization of like, okay, creating something is my fulfillment. Like that's yeah. what gives mm-hmm. me fulfillment. And that actually, you know, boosted to make the decision to make the career change. Mm-hmm. Because before, music was my main medium um, to express my creativity. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I realized that, oh, it's not just music that I get fulfillment from, I feel fulfilled from creating other stuff. And I, I've always been, like, super into art, like, yeah, drawing stuff. I remember in yeah. school, like, yeah. you, would, you would draw I all would the time. Always you draw, would always yeah, do yeah, doodles. Yeah. They doodles, were really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, those kind of things and making something. I, I've been always been, like, so crafty. I love crafting stuff. And, like, really? Karen introduced me to needle felting. And, like, oh, yeah. that scratches the, <laughs> you know, that, like, part of my brain so well. I'm like, mm. I love this. You've been keeping up with it? Kind of here and there. <laughs> I, I've made probably like twenty cactuses, uh, nice. cacti yeah. at this point, and yeah. I love it. You yeah. took to it really, really quickly. I was mm-hmm. still like needle felting little balls, like at the beginning <laughs> of my needle felting journey, and you were sending me like your dog, like yeah. beautifully needle felted dog. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I I get a little obsessive yeah. <laughs> with things. Yeah, but I I would define myself as as a creative person for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How has your relationship to that word? changed then was it when you came when you came here learned the english term learned that it was kind of something that people identified with that you started to see that in yourself or did that come later well it came really later like literally last year <laughs> just yeah just when just, you decided yeah. to make that yeah career just, just last year i accepted that i am a creative person and i want to <laughs> be a creative person mm-hmm. but before that it was kind of like I didn't really care about it. Well, I mm-hmm. didn't have really time to think about it, right? It was yeah. just like always go, go, go. Was it because you, rather than thinking of yourself as a creative person, you were thinking of yourself as a musician? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was my job as well. So, yeah. And like being a musician is such a 24-7 kind of job. Mm-hmm. So my vision was very like narrow, yeah. I think. And, and speaking about the on the go, like you are a drummer, you're a woman, you're a, dr- you're, you're a female drummer. And so th- th- there, that's kind of not a, a, a very saturated market. So <laughs> yeah. you're very in demand. Yeah. So, you know, you could be keeping yourself extremely busy and you, and you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you recorded an, an album at that time. You mm-hmm. were, you, you got a grant to record the album. You played many shows. Can you talk about a couple of like your career highlights in that regard? Yeah, I I recorded my debut album, which 
<laughs> had an unfortunate timing because literally a week after it came out, the pandemic, the global pandemic happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think your album release was the last show yeah, I went to. Yeah, a lot of people tell me that yeah. too. And I think it was for me as well. But luckily, I could keep myself busy. Um, a lot of people were mindful about, you know, showcasing the diverse uh, diversity in the scene. And I was luckily, you know, um, ticking all the boxes, (laughs) if I may say. (laughs) And I just came out uh, with an album, too. So people uh, gave me lots of opportunities, Mm -hmm. uh, even during the pandemic. And so I did, like, lots of festivals, like, online performances and um, in 2021, 2022, um, leading into it too. So yeah, I, I was like on radio, I was on magazines and like I was playing festivals and touring and stuff. And so being that busy, it created an, uh, an environment for you, another, another reflective, self-reflective moment of starting to, I guess, wonder or, or explore other avenues can you go into that? Like how that busyness maybe influenced or affected where you are today? Yeah, even though I could keep myself busy during the pandemic, there was still so much downtime. So, you know, hence like so much time to like reflect on myself and really like reassess both like my, you know, reality and like my mental health or my physical health as well. So during the time I picked up uh, music production, but, you know, if I say music production, it sounds very, like, grand. But it was more like, I bought a MacBook, and then I got Logic, and then I, like, started tinkering around it, you know. And then um, learning how, like, creating music on a computer works, rather than, like, on a lead sheet, you know, with me and my piano or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was a different experience, and it was... it. It really, um, again, like it tickled my brain in a good way, right? It was like, wow, I don't have any restrictions of uh, making music now. You know, I can like use different synthesizers or I can like ask my drum beat to go crazy. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> I, and I don't have to worry about like practicing that to like perform right, it live or right. something, right? So like kind of like the possibilities uh, were endless. Like it felt like that mm-hmm. when I picked it up. And then, well, the pandemic obviously stayed for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> so my but friend... longer than the two weeks that yeah. you originally <laughs> told us. I know. <laughs> you remember that? That was so rude. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry yeah, we, to really, we were ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was getting into it, actually, I had a buddy, Chad Galpin. He's one of my besties. I love him so much. Like, he's a very, very smart dude. And he kind of, even though he's technically a year younger than me, I see him as, like, this big brother, kind of. (laughs) And, like, he loves feeding information to me, and I love receiving, you know? (laughs) And, like, so Chad would, like, read on, like, forums online, which I have such a hard time doing. Like, I hate reading stuff in general, but I hate reading forums online I'm like this is too much information and I don't understand Mm -hmm. but like Chad is really good at reading through those and like pick out the information that he needs and then so he would like teach himself and then I'm kind of like so what's new and then he would teach me (laughs) right away so 
you know, it was it was an easy <laughs> way for me to learn. Yeah, you had a to teacher. have that body. Yeah, yeah. a mm-hmm. teacher and a really good friend that you know I can grow together. Mm-hmm. So like during pandemic, like I, that's the skill I picked up, and eventually he introduced me to game jams, which is like you meet with random people. And you make games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a hackathon. I don't know if um, any listeners are. Can you explain that term? So it's basically like in a certain time frame, you form a team. And uh, hackathons are usually like coding. Okay. So like you try to like solve a coding problem or like make a program in like short period of time or something. So game jam is kind of um, similar in that concept. You know, you have a certain time frame. And you are going to create a game based on a theme or, you know, um, some kind of mechanics that you want to use or something like that. So he introduced me to that. And we both kind of went into it thinking, like, we're going to make banger songs. Mm. And these people won't even know what hit them. Yeah, you know? they don't know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. And then we're all like, you know, but sound design will sort itself out. Like, <laughs> I don't, we don't really care about it. <laughs> I think it's a really easy job. Right. You know, so like we went into it, we were like, we're composers, we're going to do this. But we were very, very wrong. Um, <laughs> what were you wrong about? That sound design was an easy job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go into that a little bit. So sound design is, when I you know meet people and people ask me what do you do and i'm like oh i make sounds for video games and they're like oh wow you make music and i'm like no yeah they're not they get so confused and i'm like i don't know how to explain but basically um i make uh, everything that you hear in a game except music so it can be uh some physics sounds you know i drop something and then like it hits on the ground it hits on the concrete floor it hits on the grass it hits on like mud it hits on water you know that kind of things even though it's like a same object and then i can cut some ambiences you know if the setting in the game is like in a forest then you wouldn't want to have like some waves you know yeah. <laughs> like oceany sounds so like creating like cultivating that environment you know to like support what's already in the game visually but with audio yeah i remember you once explaining to alex and i that you spent a whole day in your closet, I think, trying to get the exact right thud yeah. sound. And then that day turned into like weeks on weeks and you spent it on this one particular sound, which when you were describing it, I mean, the facts sound quite frustrating, maybe <laughs> or like mundane. Yeah, and not as exciting, maybe. But you talked about it with such excitement. (laughs) I did, yeah. You seemed very enthusiastic. Or like through this process, you got more and more into the specifics of it. How does that fulfill you creatively, this like minutiae? It's like so fulfilling. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy how fulfilling it is compared to music (laughs) well granted i'm still like a recovering you know um i'm I'm recovering from burnout and like you know music has been my life for like 10 years Mm -hmm. so it's it's a very complicated relationship but (laughs) having said that sound design or like creating sound effects are very different than creating music you know, when I first started, obviously, like it took me longer times. But at max, if I'm cr- working on one asset, like I would, it would take me like three hours at least, uh, at the max, mm. right? Whereas I'm trying to make a music track, and it would just, I would have to tank like 
tens of hours. If I'm fast enough, if I'm lucky, I'm probably making a song in like 20 hours, 30 hours. So like the time that I need to spend on like creating something is very short for sound design. So I think that actually works better for my brain because I work on this really hard, done one hour, move on to another one, and then like, you know, strategize my creative things. And then I created, done, move on. Yeah. And that makes sense too, because you've talked uh, with us privately a little bit about some discoveries around your brain. (laughs) My ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I I don't remember. Treading into that. Yeah. I don't don't remember if like you've been formally diagnosed as ADHD, but like it's something. Just recently. Just recently. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. That kind of makes sense in terms of why you would, like Karen said, feel excitement and passion about this one detailed thing, like that, the, the yeah. hyper focus <laughs> yeah. that, that ADHD mm-hmm. creates in, in in a person. You're perfectly suited to <laughs> to create these very detailed, you know, and then along with the ADHD, like being able to complete something in a shorter amount of time, you get that. So helpful. Yeah. yeah, You get that dopamine hit of of completion as opposed to having to work on this big project that takes hours and hours and hours, days, 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 Mm -hmm. weeks, weeks, weeks. Yeah. It it does make sense why that would feel more fulfilling and just a little bit more sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. With the diagnosis, especially like it makes even more sense that like, you know, okay, the stimulation kicks in and then I move on. And then again, and it kicks in again and then I move on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very fulfilling. Oh, but also another big thing I find is that I work in a team now, oh, right? Yeah. So I actually have someone to go to to get the approval or like to get the ideas from you know Mm -hmm. i'm like stuck in this one sound i have no idea how to tackle it i asked my audio directors and they're very like smart and like experienced people and willing to help so they like give me all their tips and you know Mm. advice and stuff and i'm like sick i just follow (laughs) that and then i complete this task again you know Mm -hmm. whereas in music there's not like even even with your like mentors yeah music is such a like personal thing and like unique thing when you create your own music so yeah they can like suggest some like different chord progressions or something like that but you can't actually rely on somebody every single time you create something so Mm -hmm. you have to be your own boss you have to be your own teacher Mm-hmm. all the time and I think that's a big difference for me too and yeah. we would be remiss to not ask you to just fill in the gap we veered off a little bit from where you started getting into game design sound design to your career so let's just fill in that gap from you doing game gems with Chad to now your career as a sound designer mm-hmm. well so at the game jam I really really liked sound design well, I kind of stumbled upon it because Chad was way faster at sketching the ideas for music than me. So I was like, oh, okay, I mean, like, I'll take the sound design. <laughs> and then so that's how it began. And then after that, uh, after the game jam ended, the programmer and I worked on the game to polish it for like a month. So, and like, to be fair, when we, when Chad and I went to the game jam, we were actually not doing it just for fun. We were already looking into kind of diversifying our music career. Um, Maybe we were looking into creating some like music packs for whatever people, you know, like film or TV, mostly. That was kind of the experience that we wanted to try out and whatever. (laughs) So the sound design 
during that month period of polishing the game, I really, really liked it. It it just like felt really fun. Back then, it was just like opening the door sound, mm. walking <laughs> sound, or like creepy monster mm. sound. But it was just like I had no idea how to create those, but. I tried it and it kind of worked out, and it just gave me immediate like satisfaction, hmm. right? Kind of unlocked yeah. something in you. Yeah, and then like because uh, most of the sounds that I had to make were organic, there were like very very definite references to go to. Mm. So when you open the door, you expect certain sounds. Mm. You don't really have to go super far away from it. Like yeah. you don't want to, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right. like I would like make something I'm like, yeah, this sounds like opening a door. An avant-garde door <laughs> yeah, sound. <I> know. <laughs> Imagine. Door? Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a door that's actually a bubble or Yeah. <laughs> so that I don't know. Mm. It, it, it felt more like like more black and white per mm -hmm. se. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I was. Yeah, I was gonna say like with music, like as you were talking about the time it takes you for each one, right? With music, you can really overthink yeah. and over. And I know that you do that with mm -hmm. music. You'd always reevaluate your songs, and you had to have things exactly so. You would you would kind of make yourself crazy over yeah. that at mm -hmm. times. And I imagine with this, because it's more black and white, you know, like once you've achieved sound of item dropping, sound <laughs> yeah. of door opening, that you can know right away if it's right or if, it, if it's finished or yeah. not. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you have that sort of sense of relief, maybe. Totally. Yeah. And I, I don't have to be like overly critical about mm -hmm. my work. Um, mm -hmm. as much you know mm -hmm. compared to music but what was your question sorry well I, I had wanted us to just fill in the gap between oh, yeah. when you did the game jam and you discovered sound design to your career mm -hmm. now as a sound design <clears throat> so person. I really like <laughs> sound, sound designer design. yeah 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 <laughs> as, as sound one design. sound yeah. designer yeah <laughs> um but yeah again like we kind of went into it kind of skimming a uh, career transition mm -hmm. already, right? So I had that idea. And then during the mon month period, I really liked sound design. So I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, and actually my partner, Lucy, she worked at EA, Electronic mm -hmm. Arts, for a year. And I saw the crazy amount of money <laughs> that the, that company specifically has mm -hmm. and the whole industry has, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And all the perks and stuff. I was like, this this kind of seems sweet. Yeah. Like, gaming industry seems really sweet. When, so, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, when you're young, it was... The dream was to become a struggling artist. But I know. When you're entering your 30s, the dream is yeah. benefits. No, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Paid yeah. salary. Stable income. Give me benefits yeah. so yeah. that I can go get my teeth fixed or whatever. Right. <laughs> you have great teeth. I don't, I don't see I, anything. This is brace. Think. Yeah, after yeah. braces. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my parents went into a mega debt. <laughs> kind of. Um, anyway. So you saw Lucy's experience in the gaming in, industry. Gaming yeah. industry. And I enjoy sound design, so why don't I do some research? And I found out that it is a very much of a career path that a lot of people have taken. And so I was like, okay, I think I'm going to pursue this. But again, I still don't know anything about this. So I don't know what's going to happen. Like after the game jam, maybe six months or so, by the time, this was, I think, early 2022, mm -hmm. right? And by the time, the world was opening back up for musicians. Mm. It, like the clubs were opening again venues were opening like gigs coming in recording and stuff and teaching as well that was a big part going back to in-person teaching mm -hmm. so i 
was like, I can't make any time to study for this new craft that I want to go into. But I was really determined because, again, one of the big motivations, to be honest, was like, I want stable income. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of living month to month and you know like it's not as romantic yeah it's not as romantic and like I feel like I've seen it you know I've done it and Mm -hmm. I'm not happy right now and I want to make some changes so in 2022 I made a decision to be like fully freelancer um, meaning I would I quit my job at Rufus Drumshaw which is an amazing place and amazing people there But I was like, I want to create my own schedule and charge my own rate in order to make my life happier, basically. So I did that. And because of that, I could make some savings for the first time in my life Mm -hmm. that could sustain me for a couple months of no income. And so I made a decision to take the couple months off during the summer. And like summer is always kind of a slow time for Mm -hmm. teaching anyway. So I made the decision to like learn and because there were so many new programs and like skills to pick up to get into this job. So I took a couple months off and I was like studying. I was I was taking some not taking but like uh, there's like free resources for like game audio learning stuff. Yes. Kind of yeah, back into like student mode, like taking mm-hmm. notes and like you know, taking lessons and stuff and like reaching out to a ton of people asking a ton of questions and then so like within that couple months uh, a month into it I was like you know as usual asking some questions on Twitter because the <laughs> game audio community <laughs> is big you. on Twitter mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow I think like most of the tech industry actually mm-hmm. somehow anyway um, so I was asking some questions and one of the people who answered my question was the the owner of the studio mm-hmm. um, that I'm working at right now so after asked, answering my question, he was like, do you have like any like portfolio or like a reel that I can look uh, look at? Because like, you know, we can always use, you know, have more sound designers on board, like just like contract, like when their work is overflowing or whatever. And I literally didn't. So I told him, I was like, I don't. <laughs> and, but I'm working on it during this summer. You know, I took took off my work. I was way more eloquent than this you know but um but i will have something to show you at the end of the summer mm. and he was like sure send it to me then oh, like, amazing awesome okay and then like three minutes later he was like actually do you want to do a te- uh, paid test kit which is like pretty common in the industry like you know you you do like a test like audio test basically like you get like certain um scenes of the games and then you try to design the sounds and like send it to them and Again, I was like not having any income for two months during the summer and it's paid and it's a test kit. (laughs) It's like I skipped the interview part. I didn't have to show him my resume, which again, I didn't have. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I think it would be stupid not to take it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then so during the test period, I picked up this um, software. (laughs) which was kind of stupid idea like i just like picked up new software for the test and then i just like did it and then luckily they liked it so they hired me as a a contractor that's how it began yeah yeah that's an amazing journey (laughs) and i know we've just scratched the surface of where you're at now and there's still so many questions that we have that we'd love to dive into with you but we do have to wrap up so we're gonna save that for a part two and we'll Mm -hmm. get into 
<laughs> if you if you if you'll come, yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to be... spring it on you. Like <laughs> yeah, Jamie's actually. back for a part two. Um, like, it, it, am I? It, it, if she if she would be so kind, because I know course. there's just yeah, there's I'd so many to. other things that we could talk about. But mm-hmm. thank you so much for already all of this, all of these fascinating stories and all of your experience and your time with us here. Yes, thank you, Jamie. We got so wrapped up in your story because it's just so interesting and I think it really better explains who you are, which we already know who you are and how how your brain works, how your creativity works, but uh, this just gave us new layers and hopefully Mm -hmm. gave the listeners some insight and you know maybe something that they can pick up in themselves yeah relate to or even just feel inspired by because there's a lot to learn from and just the way that you are able to be adaptable and stay curious mm-hmm. I think is mm-hmm. such a thread throughout your path yeah I, I do have to say before we before we veer off and end I feel like I was in the middle, pushing you to define, or maybe not pushing you, but suggesting to define yourself as creative. But I think there is something really to the idea of, you know, in Korea, you don't define yourself as creative. It's something you do. And it's, Mm -hmm. um, it's more of like a virtue or Mm -hmm. like, uh, one, one hopes that at the end of, of your life or your journey or your, your path that you have harness the creative force mm-hmm. it's like something you have to prove maybe or, or yeah yeah maybe, it's something not, that pro- you maybe not prove but yeah. like which, it's a virtue to like aspire to it's yeah, not something exactly. that you just mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. which i think is so or could be so helpful it can be hard to label yourself as creative or label other people as creative and enforce that and what what that all entails like the heaviness of it so to yeah to strive for creativity and for that force that I think is so powerful and such a such a nice way to think about it Mm-hmm. thank you so thank you yeah. For, yeah. Explain, for explaining that bringing that to and us it, and just to call back to our episode with Carrie Karen that was something that you brought up was the way that language influences how mm-hmm. we learn and how we see the world so I think just getting a little example of that with you know what creativity is in Korean creative power creative force it's mm-hmm. not necessarily like a personality trait per se mm-hmm. so I think that just having that little example was was really lovely yeah that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah thank you am I do I get to say like what creative thing that you <laughs> yeah, I yeah. recommend yeah. Like, yeah. recommendation we're, yes. we're, we're getting there oh, we're yeah. getting there oh, okay. and in fact I'm ahead of myself yeah. okay I'm, I'm excited you guys I'm excited Jamie to hear came prepared sound. and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you you're ready to go with it. You've got it right there. You want to share it. So the floor is yours. Please give us your creative recommendation. Oh, okay. Because like in previous episodes, it kind of like it went like many different directions, right? Like mm-hmm. I think first couple of episodes was like, were like, oh, I went to art gallery or like I watched, you know, this <laughs> Can movie I just or say, I, I love that you're referencing the podcast. I She's love a fan. It. She's a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. It really makes me happy. Aww. Like it really Aww. does. <laughs> and uh, and like I was listening to Carrie's episode on the way here. I'm like, I don't, I want more. Like, I want these gals to work harder. <laughs> Just yeah, to make content for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're 
we're trying. We're working. Yeah. We're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. And, and, and then I think Carrie's was a little bit more, um, like, not like abstract, but it wasn't like a certain thing that, you yeah. know, he recommended. So I want to recommend people to try something that they've never tried before. Hmm. Um, you know, kind of like in the same vein as like stay curious and being open minded. And like it might actually help. If you're experiencing creative block or something, then, you know, it, it might help to kind of get rid of that. Yeah, that's, that's a, amazing. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> right. Well, that's all that we've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Vicarious. I'm Alex. I'm Karen. I'm Jamie. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.